0: with an explicit graphic content warning. (laughs) Now, strap in and enjoy the show. Well, hello, Sexy Fabulous audience. Um, Welcome to another fabulous episode of My Orgasmic Life. And today we have mistress Dana in the dungeon with me, um, which She now has moved pretty much into the dungeon and is living with (laughs) me. Literally. Literally, actually. (laughs) Next door to the dungeon. Yes. (laughs) And, um, you know, uh, we really want to talk about what it's like to give you an update on, you know, how this transpired, why she changed her career, Um, because, you know, you haven't really seen her or listened to her in a while. So I just want to kind of give you an update of what's going on, where what what our what our evil consensually evil master plans are for ethical world ethical and consensual world domination. Yes. Um, so let's start with uh, why did she? What what are you doing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing? So yes, so as you said, I am now full time in the dungeon. Um, Getting to beat people consensually. Yes. yes. Uh, And this is lined up. I'm really seeing how it's lined up very well for who I am and how I naturally move in the world. So I am a naturally dominant personality. Mm -hmm. Bit of a control freak.
0: A little bit. A little bit. But she's in recovery.
1: Yes. A recovering control Control, freak. That's right. It's a very
0: important piece because, you know, it's one thing to be a control freak and be a dominatrix from a place of control. And I've had many conversations about this, but I'm going to say it again. Mm-hmm. Mo- when we move from a place of control in the dungeon as a control freak, we're not moving from that dominant space. We're just mm. a control freak. We're still a spaz versus moving into that place of owning your leadership and your dominance and being able to hold power so that your submissives can surrender and let go of control, right? Yeah. So it's, a, it's it often looks the same (laughs) however it doesn't feel the same for both parties Mm -hmm. the person who's in control freak mode is really quite a spaz and it's coming from a place of fear and all sorts of you know insecurities and things like that versus just being a leader and a dom yeah right and And that's the transition i just want to say that's the transition that i felt so honored watching especially over your last year mm -hmm. of going on your walkabout in surrendering so that you could learn that it was safe for you to surrender so therefore you let go of being a control freak and now you've been able to really beautifully step into being large and in charge but not from that place of control yeah right so we talk about we, we joke about and yes both of us are control freaks in recovery <laughs> I too have a tendency to be a little bit of a control freak and <laughs> so <laughs> the beautiful thing of how do that would be another episode how
1: do two recovering control freaks cohabitate with each other <laughs> and share a dungeon that, that in itself is kind of a miracle it is um that's a whole
0: other conversation. exactly okay. okay so you've moved into being a full-time dominatrix yeah. um you know your discovery of surrender has made you a better dom mm-hmm. what else what else so Why else do you come and play in the dungeon? (laughs)
1: Because it's fun. Um, There's there's a definite piece around this I really enjoy. So being a sadist, being a sexual sadist, I like that interaction. So when I'm working with somebody who also enjoys the play and the kink and the different debaucheries, there is... There's an energy there that gets elicited. I get to come out in my full expression of the sexual sadist. Yep. Always in the safe, sane, and consensual realm. Yes. Sometimes, you know, to my own chagrin, it's like, damn it, <laughs> love. But you know, but it is always kept in that space. But there's a there's a piece, there's an activation that just doesn't happen out in the world because it's not it's not consensual out in the world. No. So this is the place where I get to. Unleash that, pun mm-hmm. intended, <laughs> 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 or leash it, depending. Or leash it. <laughs> what what <did> you try? <laughs> I? You know, lots of options. Um, yeah, which is which is really very exciting, and I think my skills of you know being large and in charge, leadership, understanding that you know what it's like to be the control freak, because most of the clients coming in are control freaks. So I understand them. And I think there's that, that dynamic. And I love the psychology. I love the psychology of kink and play and what goes on. Like that is absolute. Just my brain just gets going with that.
0: Yes. And
1: so other parts of your body. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying not to talk too much no, about that that I'm part. get in trouble, you know, yes, yes. So,
0: um... you know, For me, the thing that I have loved, so I really shifted gears in my, you know, you've probably all of my audience, you're like, (laughs) wow, things have changed. Pretty much all things are kink all the time, 24-7 over at Empress's place. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Which is is true. That's an accurate assessment of the situation. Um, You know. I have some. I still have some of my sexual wellness clients and my trauma clients because you know those are my skill sets and and you know uh, I'm very good at that and holding space for people and making them feel safe. But my true love is consensual torture. Yeah. <laughs> it truly is, right? It's like um, and so I know my own struggle of shifting gears, feeling like oh, well, then if I'm doing this all in the dungeon, what happens to my client, what happens to those potential clients that need sexual healing or need sexual wellness or need, Mm -hmm. you know, relationship support or all the things that, you know, I used was a big part of how I moved in the world and what I did for a living is this sexual education and sexual wellness. and, And so, you know, the ones I have, my current clients, that I will have probably until one of us die, um, you know, because, you know, that's a commitment that we have had with each other. But, you know, I send them my new potential clients that have trauma because of the skill sets that both of us work in. Mm-hmm. Um, I can share them with Mistress Dana so that I can spend more time in the dungeon. we <laughs> meeting people or training people either beating people or training people to be Mm because that's the other thing other than you know consensual torture Mm -hmm. uh training others to do consensual torture is also my favorite thing (laughs) right so but there was guilt for me like I want to talk about this transitional period right Mm. like there was a period of time it took me a long it took me years to really truly step into being a pro dominatrix as a full-time gig, not mm-hmm. just this fun thing I did on the side and, and all of my sexual wellness and holistic approaches and healers and all that kind of stuff was my legitimate job. And my not legitimate job was, you know, crossing the, from the treatment space to the dungeon. And part of that transition took a really long time for me, longer than I would have wanted it to, mm-hmm. now that I'm in the other, on the other side of it. Um, was because guilt, sex worker shame. Mm. How are the uh, people around me going to react? Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know. I had a pretty noble job, and in a lot of ways, in people's eyes, that you know, I talked freely about sex, and that was uncomfortable for everybody. And I did a lot of stuff with helping people heal from sexual trauma. Mm-hmm. So I got this. Was like sort of like, ooh, fangirly stuff about from a societal standpoint that that was a good thing for me to be doing mm-hmm. and now when I say what I do for a living there's this whole like what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> and so I lot there was a whole bunch of pieces like right? there was my own fear my shame my own guilt uh feeling bad for not helping the world um you know what were the people going to do you know handle it around me mm-hmm. how this affects the current people that are closest to me there was a lot of moving pieces before I shifted my career fully into this Mm -hmm. but I'm so happy I'm happier than I've ever been I have more energy than I've ever had it's Uh, a great workout it's a fantastic (laughs) workout every time you're in the dungeon you're like man my thighs hurt (laughs) so does my ass and my arms like (laughs) it's whole workout scene so Yeah, so that has been my transition and the pieces um, that kind of stood in my way now that I've cleared and healed in and, um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and I, ha- I also have to say, I'm incredibly lucky that the support people around me, um, I have been systematically programming them for a very long time to just <laughs> accept whatever I'm doing is whatever I'm doing and don't ask too many questions. So people <laughs> in my life have learned don't want too many information don't ask the question so what about you
1: yeah I would say for me some of the things that stand out is the the shift from the business world to this because the way that you go about finding clients is completely different how you interact with the clients is completely different so that was definitely a hard piece you know untangling from what we call the cult of business um, and this idea that the client is always right, which doesn't work in the dungeon because you, you have to have the power dynamics. So the client can't always be right. Actually, but, the client's never right. Never right. They're always wrong. They're always wrong.
0: <laughs> Consensually, of course, we've already yes. negotiated all yes. the, that that game. But yes, for the, the, yeah. there is a power play that's, yes. That's, yeah. You get to direct what happens as part of the power exchange. Right? Yeah. So,
1: so so that was hard because I've you know, been in business for... 35 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so 35 years of conditioning where you've got to move in, you know, chasing the clients and, um, you know, make catering to them and you know, give them packages and discounts and deals. And, and all of these things were taken off the table. So it's a lot of wrapping my head around that the new way of looking at it. And I would say for me, there's, there was also all those layers of my early programming of being obligated Mm -hmm. to men, um, and, and male arousal. Mm -hmm. So if they were turned on, then I was somehow obligated to fulfill that. And that, that's actually been something that I've, it's really healed that piece for me coming and stepping into the dungeon because I can't operate from that perspective. It doesn't work. It doesn't work for the dynamics. It doesn't work for the power play. So. It allowed me to really move out of that obligation piece. So to me, the, the the business side and the obligation, I think, were probably the biggest things. And then, of course, like you mentioned, the sex worker shame. Yeah, that was kind of ugly to look at, um, but important. Very important. Really important because you have to be comfortable with it, right? So even just the fact that we're standing here in skimpy outfits. Um, which, by the way, a couple
0: of minutes ago, we didn't have any tops on. So, yes. you know, we actually have more clothes on now than we started off.
1: <laughs> While you're trying to move around and plug things in and whatnot, you do not you want, want to course, course it on. There are some things, that just no, it doesn't work. Um, yeah, all, all, of, all of those pieces. I think those are kind of like the main ones. There's probably lots of other little things that we've yeah. been dealing with. So what
0: do you like about, what does your day look like? Now let's talk about what a typical day at the house of debauchery.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Getting ready so.
0: and interacting. And like, what is it like not only being a full-time pro-dominatrix, but also living in a house with another pro-dom mm-hmm. while it's also a highly sexually charged environment that this house is. So this house is... When I am not working, there's a lot of slutty sex stuff going on in this house. <laughs> so, what is it like? What does your day look like as pro dominatrix? I think that's a, an interesting question. Okay,
1: um, you know, it starts out pretty much like everybody else. You know, get up. Uh, depending on what time my clients are coming in, will determine where I, you know, go in my schedule. But it's, you know, have have a shower. Um, have some breakfast. <laughs> it's like really Monday and stuff, right? I have a shower, have some breakfast and then I'll start getting ready. So I will put on everything except for my corset, get makeup done. The corset goes on last because you can't band, can't do it. everything. Right. <laughs> the last thing you put on, which is usually, you know, five or 10 minutes before the client comes in. Um, so somewhere in there, I'm also, you know, making sure that I've got everything in the dungeons accessible that I want because I've, been planning what I'm doing. Um, usually in there, I will have to whack off because I'm thinking about what I'm going to do <laughs> for the day, and so you know, a little turned on. Um, <laughs> so we do that before the client comes in. Yep, just kind of gets me in the mood. Uh, and then yeah, so then we'll have a, a client session, whatever debauchery we get into here. They leave. I have something to eat because I'm starving after all that hard work. Yes. Uh, clean up. Usually, you and I will have be able to connect at that point if our schedules align, and then we debrief on what do they do. And that helps to, it really helps to normalize mm-hmm. that this is this is fun, this is you know this is play, this is consensual, and bringing it into a normal, you know like anybody. You know, what did you do at work today? Well,
0: wow. let me go. Wow. Let me tell you. So I bent him over, <laughs> and then I shoved my cock in him, and I said very rude things.
1: <laughs> Just an example.
0: Yeah. But yeah, you know. it, I would say for me, actually having you here and being able to do that conversational debrief is uh really exciting on many levels like it's mm-hmm. been very powerful for me in many levels one I get to relive the experience, tell the story, get excited again by the fact that I'm talking about what you know just happened the last two hours of my life and it definitely normalizes it mm-hmm. um, but it also then like even with listening to your, your sessions it's the same thing I'm like ooh, that's a good idea mm-hmm. so it also helps to activate that's one of the things I found is it helps to activate new deviant plans <laughs> 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 what's gonna happen next You're like For oh the that lucky, was a good, the that lucky subbies that get to come in here exactly because yeah. it's like oh oh I've never thought about that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how'd that work so we get to learn also from each other. And so that's also another beautiful piece of us sharing the dungeon, mm-hmm. um, sh- cohabitating with each other that gives us some freedom. But even if you don't have that experience um, beforehand, I would still do those things. I would either you know have call you up or I call up one of the other doms in my life and you know be like, oh my God, my session was so fantastic. Let me tell you all about it. Or they would do the same thing. So uh-huh. I think, you know, if you happen to be exploring being a pro dom, um, you really want to make sure that you have your support. Like that's a, a crucial that's component. Um, and if you're not a pro dom, but you're a dom, you still want to have that support. Right. You still mm-hmm. want to be able to debrief and not
1: necessarily with your, I mean, it's important to debrief with your subbies. Yeah. But there's a different, it is a different sharing when you are with somebody who is a, an equal, yeah. who's, who's in the same, because um, you share it differently. Like there are some things you wouldn't necessarily share with the subby that you can get into great detail with a fellow dom.
0: Yeah. And it's important that if you are a sexual sadist, that you have conversations with other sexual sadists.
1: Yes. Um,
0: because that's one thing that others are, can be very uncomfortable. The, the glee, the joy, mm-hmm. the delight um, of, you know, in your eyes and the smile and your body language and being able to consensually torture people. Um, and when you aren't talking to a fellow sexual sadist, it can make other people very uncomfortable. I found this out <laughs> many times when they're looking at me like, oh my God, I'm like, why do you not find this entertaining? <laughs> Why are you not laughing? There's a cue. You should be laughing now. That was funny. Why are you not laughing? Yeah. So that's just one tip I really want to leave you with. Is if you're a sexual sadist, do not tell, really talk deeply about your sexual sadistic nature mm-hmm. with, with somebody who is not also a sexual sadist. Yes. You know, that even goes as far as like the difference between me debriefing with you and debriefing even with my master, my overlord. He's not He's not really a deep sexual sadist. So when I start talking about this addiction stuff, he kind of looks at me like, I don't understand why that's entertaining. I don't understand why that's fun. He's like, I don't understand why. Get to the point. I'm like, that is the point. So it's an important piece to make sure that you have another sexual sadist to share. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Um, what would you say is... On a, so, okay, so you got your session, you debrief, then what happens?
1: Debrief. Uh, and then typically afternoons, I a lot for my other clients. So I still do some business mindset coaching. Yeah. Because um, that was my, you know, safe, acceptable, <laughs> you know, place in the world. But I, I do still enjoy working with those clients as well. So it's great for the afternoon. I'll have some of those clients. I have time to cook. I have time to take care of myself, you know, that's the nice thing with this is that it doesn't suck up all of my time, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm not out there chasing clients, then I don't feel the need to post on social media, you know, five times a day or even five times a week. I'm nowadays I'm like once a week.
0: Well, the don't sad part it. is that we get censored anyway. So yeah, yeah. I, you know at this point I'm, you know, pretty much banished from all social media at this point. So, you know, it really frees up some time. It does. <laughs> it's a whole lot of time, a whole lot lot of of time, time, you know, um, that's the other part. So like my day looks, so this is what my typical day looks like is in the morning. I do a lot of self-care, right? Like, so I may wake up at four AM and spend three hours meditating, working out, whatever it is that my, you know, my being needs to happen before I can step into the role of whatever the day looks like for me with clients, mm-hmm. right? It's like that period of self-care before then after is a huge part of what allows me to step into this, into this dungeon and hold so much power mm-hmm. is because I spend a lot of time making sure that I am emotionally well, I'm physically well, psychologically well, I'm spiritually well. All of those other areas of my life need to be addressed. And if they aren't, it affects my ability to work with my clients. So mm-hmm. my day outside of, you know, taking, you know, the debauchery of the, of my day in the dungeon and then our doing our debrief. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of, you know, I do have some administration stuff and training and other clients, but that's, I would say is the other big piece is that there's a lot of self-care probably more self-care than I've ever done in my life. Yeah um because i need it
1: because i tend to do my insane say in the evening yeah so that's where i go to my yoga classes Yeah. do the you know self-care that way or writing yep working on the
0: book work, working on your book yeah yep. so it's it's uh but yeah it's funny you we're running around half naked naked so this is a part that we didn't really talk about So, you know, one of us might be in the dungeon with a client and the other one may be somewhere whacking off because they're, you know, it's their downtime and they need to masturbate because, you know, (laughs) that's just what happens. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Or like, it's always interesting when I'm like upstairs, which is where the office is and I'm in the office and I'm doing like some random administrative (laughs) stuff and I hear hitting and screaming and stuff in the dungeon and at first that was like very weird like it was a very surreal kind of experience right Mm -hmm. where you're like i so then but now i'm just like oh then i start to be like i wonder what implement she's using (laughs) that kind of sounds like the
1: punisher yeah that's kind of the yelp that a punisher would get i speaking of yelping i remember early on um you know i'm sitting in the living room and i hear this yelping and i'm like is that upstairs with the dog or is that downstairs with the client? <laughs> I'm like, who's actually yelping here? <laughs> yeah, there, there are, it's, those are really funny things that just most people don't get to encounter. Yeah. So that's also
0: another piece about what it's like to live where you work. Yeah. <laughs> and your work being in the dungeon. Yes. All right. <laughs> um, what would you like to say to the audience, for anybody who may want to do a career change or is intrigued by this process of being a, what's this, actually before we do it, what's the scariest part of being a pro dominatrix?
1: Um, Full-time. I think really, I think it's the, it's everybody else's perception. It's the, the fear of being judged, the, you know, what are people gonna think about me? the whole it's in the sex worker realm, you know, so tackling those pieces because really once, once you get past that, uh, at least for me, you know, it, it was, it was a lot easier to just step in because, yeah, it's an invitation to really shed the judgments that other people have of you, no matter what it is. And, you know, we could be doing the most vanilla of jobs but if we're worried about people judging us, it can still stop us from being able to enjoy what we're doing.
0: Yeah, that's a good that's a good piece of that.
1: Yeah, I
0: know for me, still,
1: I've been doing this for quite a while.
0: Um, is trusting that the clients always show up, right? So in that mm-hmm. talking about that shedding of the whole, you know, call to business where you hustle and you chase and you mm-hmm. promote and you advertise and you do all those things, mm-hmm. but as a pro dom you can do all those things but there's very limited places that you can do all those things because you're censored (laughs) um so because you're censored all over the place that's been one of the biggest both beautiful gifts and also most challenging Mm -hmm. of uh this journey that still sometimes yeah sometimes i get a little "Ah!" Mm -hmm. right um is trusting that the clients find you yes and they always do. They do. They always do. And in the most random ways. Oh, yes, completely. Most random ways, most interesting places. Yeah. Um, but that I think for me, has been the biggest piece of my surrender into trusting that yeah. the money will be there, the clients will be there, and that there isn't a level of scarcity. So one of that, and so making sure so that, that struggle of like, okay, well, a client wants to see me, but they don't really want to follow my policies or my mm. procedures. Yep. Um, and what they want isn't actually what I enjoy. Right. So this, this has been a, a, that piece around, well, you know, they're not a good fit. And this is the one thing in the dungeon, you both have to be a good fit. Yeah. The client and the dom have to fit like a glove mm-hmm. you have to have the same desires the same kinks the same needs um otherwise both parties don't get what they need to get from the experience at yes. all and it can go sideways and there's all sorts of other mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're in the it factor place and so that means trusting yes trusting yourself trusting your instincts trusting your policies trusting your procedures. Trusting when every, everything you've been taught as being an entrepreneur is the opposite of those yes. things that you are doing. You need a system, you need a funnel, you need to have like your leads, you got to, yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So for <laughs> me, that's been uh, a piece. But again, I have never been without clients. Yeah. Not once. Have I ever been without clients? Um, I've always had the perfect fit clients for me this, you know, doing all, you know, respecting all of my own boundaries and things. Mm -hmm. And when one client kind of either leaves or dies off, I get more clients. It's ever flowing. I just do what I'm supposed to, just show up how I'm supposed to. And they, they end up in my inbox. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And same for me, there was definitely a layer of that. Now it's been a little easier because I do have the business mindset coaching work. And that you know, covers all my bills. So I didn't need, I wasn't in this scarcity place of needing the money. Although you saw it in the beginning, like there was lots of that, like, oh, I gotta, I gotta hustle. I gotta like, you know, put the ad up in more places and, and do all these things. And it's like, but the reality is, is that the number of clients that I have are the perfect number for all the things that I wanna be able to do. I don't wanna be working crazy hours all day, every day you know, this is, this is a really great pace. And the clients, the same thing for me, the clients that have come in have been the perfect fit. Yeah. They've been great because we've been able to explore, been able to you know move and and grow together. And, and it's been really good for my own growth, Mm -hmm. who I've, who I've ended up in, who I've called in really, let's call it that.
0: Yeah. So so, yeah, so those, so, you know, I just wanted to have this beautiful, honest conversation. You know, it is beautiful. It's fabulous. It's lots of fun. Mm-hmm. It's very sexy. There's all these wonderful things. And there's also some struggles that go along with changing your career. Mm-hmm. What does that, what do you need? How do you have your support? Um, now, I don't recommend you doing it alone. No. Right. Mister Dana has had, so much beautiful training from me to help navigate all of those pieces mm-hmm. as well as some other doms have as well with that allows you to step in yes yeah. to to not feel icky for it not to end up in a situation that makes you feel bad wrong mm-hmm. dirty all of those places where it goes really ugly where you know all it takes is a client to say so how much that's like the loop that is the beginning to the end of shit going sideways like all of those pieces uh-huh. so having training having a mentor is a crucial part of stepping in to this world as a pro with feeling good feeling empowered in it uh, creating wealth creating a, good, a new business because it's all new business mindset. It's mm-hmm. a very different world. It's a different, a whole different world of your systems
1: and process and all those things. Yeah. You want to add anything to that piece? Um. Yeah. I mean, definitely I've, I, I would not be back in here if it wasn't for you. So I know I've mentioned this on other shows, but I did, you know, 10 years ago, tried doing pro dominatrix was 10, 12 years ago. And it wasn't, I didn't have a mentor at that time. And so all of these things that I bumped up against this time, I had no one to help me through. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I couldn't step in, even though I could see that I could have fun with it. And, you know, it's a good fit. I had a whole dungeon in my space. It was great. But then, you know, I wasn't really holding the power. I wasn't standing in those places I didn't know the nuances and and it made it feel icky. Mm-hmm. and so then I stepped out yeah because it does it can feel
0: icky yeah if you don't have these certain places of holding your space and your power yeah healing uh the trauma that goes along with being a vagina owner in our society around human sexuality mm-hmm. um without that it feels it can feel icky real quick real fast and the power is not moving from a place of empowerment
1: yeah and I know from the clients that I've talked to you know even potential clients the thing that comes up over and over again is so many of them are frustrated with the amount of doms who are doing it just for the money yeah and I can see that like had I forced myself to continue back then I would have been doing it from just for the money yeah because I didn't have all these nuances and now like it's not about the money I don't, it really is. The money thing is totally separate in my brain. I'm thinking about the clients. I'm thinking about what I want to do and having fun. Yeah. Which is how I think how it should be ideally. If you want to enjoy this to the fullest. Yes. Yeah.
0: Which again is a whole other series of conversations about how do you, how is it okay for you to do things that you like? Yeah. Period you do what you want because you'd like it it's hard
1: stop yeah <laughs> which is so opposite of all the cult of this programming right it's like you want to make sure the client has value like here no
0: no no what value do you bring to the dungeon yeah. is more of the question not what value i bring to the dungeon i already know my value yeah <laughs> <laughs> what value are you bringing to the dungeon, and are we gonna have fun yeah. with each other yeah. in the dungeon and yeah. both of us get our needs met whatever that looks like. So yes. So I hope you enjoyed. Um I lovingly invite you to continue to listen, follow. Um, again, if you want video, <laughs> you're going to need to join FetLife, which is not a bad idea if you're enjoying all this kink then that's where you should be. You should have a profile anyway. So
1: we might as well go over to FetLife. Yes. Word of warning, there are a lot of wankers on FetLife so yeah as in all social media yeah exactly they're still there too
0: they're still there too um so if you want to be able to watch the videos and the videos of other things that i do and memberships and all sorts of hot things that are happening over in the dungeon and will continue to increase um as i've let go of being censored everywhere so now i'm free to behave how i really want to behave <laughs> which you totally want to be part of that. Yes. Um, you can follow me on FetLife at Empress slash, or underscore. No, not underscore. It's a dash. dash. Yeah. Empress dash Gaia um, on FetLife. Which yours? Uh,
1: Saffron 007. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I set it up before I got into, yeah, yeah back the, into the dungeon. So, so, um, so and okay. otherwise. Rare and expensive. Rare and expensive, yes. <laughs> And a slightly dangerous. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that was creative. That's good. That's good. Yeah. All right. So till next time, stay kinky, keep exploring, keep asking questions, spend time. If you want to come spend time with one of us, you can visit, find uh, information on how to do that on empressguide.com. You want to spend time with both of us, mm. which is a lot of fun, by the way.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, then, you know, reach out and we can, you know, also make that happen. Make that happen. And it would be a great present for yourself. (laughs) Merry Christmas to you. Um, The other thing too, is I wanna invite couples. This is a, I Mm. I wanna do a couples call out for a second. Um, Is that when you start doing your exploration, there's a, it can be quite a bumpy road of not understanding power dynamics and ending up injuring people. So it's really quite sexy to come do some education Mm -hmm. and you can do education with either one of us, both of us, you come to the dungeon, we can give you like hands on how to do certain activities, how to understand the power dynamics. Mm -hmm. Um, We have online courses, we have memberships, we have so many resources for you um, so that you can get into the hot, sexy fun of kink and not end up creating kink trauma which is another episode that I will do all about (laughs) how kink dropping can happen very quickly and can ruin your relationship, actually, in all fairness. Mm -hmm. So, all right. So next time, stay kinky. Bye-bye. Hmm. Well, I hope today's episode inspired you encouraged you, and of course, made you feel tingly inside. (laughs) I just want to take a moment to tell you how much I appreciate the time that you spend and how I really deeply appreciate you listening. I do it for you guys, the audience, and I love and adore you guys. So, quick loving reminder, I am not available for naked pictures, getting married, having sex, or having anybody's babies. And when you want to spend more time with me in a professional capacity as your coach, your teacher, your educator, your facilitator, um, you can reach me at gaiamorissette.com. That's the gateway to all things Gaia. I also lovingly invite you to follow me on Instagram, which the handle is My Orgasmic Life Podcast, where you can leave feedback and comments also, come join me on Facebook, at uh, My Orgasmic Life Podcast Facebook group. And I really want to hear from you. I want to know how this show affected you. Did you what did you learn? Was it inspirational? Did you agree? Do you disagree? Um, you know, I want, I want to know because I'm a little bit of a voyeur. So I want to know what, how am I affecting you? <laughs> so please, please. Please come leave some comments. Now, if you're like, but I don't want everybody to know what I'm thinking, which is okay. Sometimes we need privacy and we need to be anonymous. So you would like that option. We have that. Okay, listeners, until next time, may your life be filled with sexy exploration and orgasmic pleasure.
1: <laughs> Bye-bye.